listen to News Station 1400 KLIS. Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez 5. He yeah. is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tie of the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now. Shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. What should be the second college football Saturday of the season. Yes, I'm going to remind you of that every single week. It's game day, Cole! If you are a Syracuse fan, or a Louisiana fan, or a Florida International, or... Yeah, it's just... It's just not what it's supposed to be. We're all Cyclones today, Cole. Today would have been either Central Michigan... The second game of the season, the first non-con game of the year, or... It would have been the home opener. The home opener against the Fighting Illini. Yes. Instead, here we are, watching Big Noon kick off on a TV behind us. But also the 94... Uh, yes. The the season, the, the kickoff classic against West Virginia, because... Um, Husker Sports Network is going to carry that beginning at 1 o'clock this afternoon. I'm going to follow that 94 season throughout this one. Um, but today there is going to be, and we'll just quick programming note to start the show as yeah. well, at 10 o'clock we're going to be carrying live coverage of LPD investigator Mario Herrera's funeral. Ahead of that, though, we've got our news team out about Carla James, Michael Reed, and Kellen Haviken uh, along the procession. And we've got Kellen Haviken uh, right off here to, to start the show uh, on where things have gone, at least for the beginning of this processional. The final tribute for fallen Lincoln police officer Mario Herrera is underway in Lincoln. The processional before the funeral begins began at 8.30 near the funeral home at 40th and A Street. His body will be escorted by law enforcement vehicles to Pinnacle Bank Arena, where a public funeral will begin at 10 a.m., which you can hear coverage on 1400 KLIN. Officer Herrera gave his life to Lincoln as he suffered injury from a gunshot wound on August 26 after serving an arrest warrant to try to arrest a 17-year-old. He later succumbed to his injuries earlier this week, early on Monday morning. Officer Herrera is survived by his wife and four children. He will be laid to rest after the funeral on the cemetery on O Street. There will be several road closures throughout Lincoln today. Kellen Havikin, 1400 KLIN. Thanks for that, Kellen. Uh, Cole, last night you and I were both on the call for Pius against Lincoln High. Thunderbolts getting the win on homecoming and senior night, 12-7, to their first one of the season. But uh, the Herrera family... Uh, Mario's wife, uh, Investigator Herrera's wife, uh, staff member at Pius. Their kids have all gone through Pius. There was an extended moment of silence before the game. So this uh, this is extended throughout the community and something that KLIN has been kind of around with the very first week, week one, was the week that Investigator Herrera had been shot. And then this week, back for another home game at Aldridge Field. And this is the week that Herrera's end of watch happened Monday morning. Yeah, it's such a sad story. And the first LPD officer to lose his life in the line of duty since 1968. 
um, which is good. I mean, it's been a long time since that's happened, but uh, man, you really feel for uh, the the family, the the police department, the community at large. Um, like Helen said, gave his life to the to the job, to to the uh, to the calling. He had twenty years, uh, and uh, rest in peace, Mario Herrera. And we will uh, we'll have more coverage of that processional as it goes on. Michael Reed is out on the scene, and we'll hear from Carla James later in the show as well. Ahead of that coverage of investigator Herrera's funeral from Pinnacle Bank Arena beginning at 10, maybe a little bit after 10 o'clock this morning following KLI and Husker Hour. Before that, though, it's been a big week of news uh, across again? the big, uh, Again? Across the Big Ten. Still no vote, but is there going to be a vote very soon? Is it going to come tomorrow? Is any of this legal stuff going to happen? Today's a deadline. Mm-hmm. There's a deadline today um, in Lancaster District Court for the Big Ten to get some more documents to that lawsuit by eight Husker football players. The Attorney General put out something. The Unicameral has put out a letter. How many shots can uh, can we get up from the cornfields towards Big Ten and and what their decision makers are going to be doing? And well, and it's the, the interesting thing is it's it's not just Nebraska now and. Uh, obviously, we've detailed on this show and, and on this station how uh, kind of the national media has singled Nebraska out uh, as just a bad apple in this whole mess. No, it's not just Nebraska anymore. Uh, Ohio State's head coach, Ryan Day, put out a public statement. James, yeah. James Franklin, Penn State's head coach, uh, has gone out and, and put himself out there, uh, spoke on a radio station earlier this week, and and made his thoughts pretty clear. Both of them are on Nebraska's side on this. Both of them want to play, and in the case of James Franklin, he's going against the original vote of his university leadership. Penn State cast their vote against playing. Wait, I thought Penn State didn't even remember if there was a vote. Well, that was that was before, and that was also <laughs> when they when when somebody conflated medical findings with thirty three percent of like every player in the Big Ten having a heart condition right. was not really the case. Look, there's there's a lot of crap out there, and I I see Jack go back and forth on Twitter with people like this uh, all the time, and some people are well meaning about it. Just there is a lot of crap. There's a lot of oh something's going to happen soon. Uh, you know, with Mister Boat or Yacht Boy or Sailor Man, whatever you want to call people who think they know something who have been wrong at every turn. This station has not been, and I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a full timer. I'm not around every every day like you guys are. Klin contributor, Klin contributor extraordinaire <laughs> to you. Look, you guys have had Ted Carter. We've got Ted Carter sound for today that happened this week. You've had Ronnie Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Moose has talked publicly. Uh, Scott Frost has talked publicly, but. Ronnie Green and Ted Carter are the two that are in the room that are talking with Kevin Warren, that are talking with presumably other presidents and chancellors. And they've been on this station telling us, on the record, what's going on. And for Ted Carter to come out and say something's going to be, you know, something's going to be happening very soon that maybe changes some things. That's worth bringing up. It's worth reminding people of. It's not, hey, this is some anonymous dude telling some other idiot on Twitter what he thinks, believe it or not. No, this is the president of the system of the University of Nebraska, one of these 14 votes, 
telling you that something's going to be happening very soon. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just quickly clarify that, that Ted Carter, president of the NU system, telling us very soon he's not one of the votes. Um, Ronnie Green. Ronnie Green's yeah, the vote. Yeah, yes. yeah Ronnie Green's the yes. vote. But um, everything that's going on, Green and Carter are very much in communication. 100%. Um, and but, Carter would know. Yeah, it, Car- Carter would know. And I, I will take the leader of the NU system, uh, if he says very soon, over anonymous sources telling someone looking for clout on social media what soon is. 100% guarantee something's going to happen. We can't guarantee. And now very soon, that's also a little bit vague. Um, when we got that sound, it was on Tuesday earlier this week. Um, and that there's a there's a great story that Kellen has up because the main part of that conversation was about enrollment being up across the Nebraska University system. Imagine that. Um, I believe there was about um, somewhere between 15 and 25 percent uh, was the number of international students that didn't come back to like UNL or maybe across the university system. But the system as a whole, enrollment is up. Mm. So what does that mean for for folks here in the state and folks that are in the region? going to Nebraska University schools, UNL, UNK, UNO, UNMC, that tells you that there's a demand for that education across the state of Nebraska. After some years of that enrollment maybe stagnating, declining, folks want to go to these schools. So that was a big deal, and that's why Kellen was talking with President Carter. And in this little piece, and we'll go ahead and play it, but Carter started to talk about the disinformation that has been out there, whether it's on social media or national reporting, um, and he, he said it, it's it's kind of difficult to fight some of that at times, and it can be frustrating. Well, uh, as you uh, recorded uh, a statement I made Friday uh, with Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Purdue visiting our Lincoln campus at the, uh, the Innovation Campus, uh, I made a comment about uh, how much disinformation is out there, and there is a lot. Um, but here's what I will say. There is an awful lot of work still going on with the uh, return to play committee uh, for which Chancellor Ronnie Green, uh, Athletic Director Bill Moose, and, and Coach Scott Frost are on. Uh, they're putting together um, some uh, plans that the presidents and chancellors will vote on very soon. So, um, you know, the fight is still on. Uh, we have been aligned here in this state from the get-go, from the governor to myself to the chancellors to... Uh, to our coaches and players that uh, we feel it's safe to play here. Uh, that's been our theme, and uh, and we're still strong on that. The disinformation um, from wherever that it comes from uh, has to be frustrating, I would assume. It is, and, uh, you know, I follow Twitter like everybody else, and you see uh, there's some people out there that just want to put out disinformation. Uh, and then there are even some professionals out there on campuses like the Penn State doctor that uh, put out some information that uh, had to pull all that back. So, uh, you know, everybody should take information with, uh, you know, a strong dose of caution and uh, listen to the, the people that are, you know, in the senior administrative positions uh, that, uh, and as you know, and you've seen this from me, we are very open and transparent. I think every email that I have typed out in the last year since I've been here has been shared with media, uh, even when President Trump sent uh, a note and called Commissioner Kevin Warren. Somebody thought I might have actually directed that at the White House, so I had those emails pulled, and I can confirm that that did not happen. Um, so, you know, it's just a lot of questioning, and people are clamoring for information. But uh, what you can get from us is uh, we're going to be honest and straightforward. Um, and we continue to say that we feel like we're ready to play and can play. 
Whew. As as we said when we, we debuted that sound Wednesday morning on LNK Today with Jack and Friends, a lot going on in that two minutes and continuing to be great work covering all of this um, from our own Kellen Haviken. So we'll go back to the beginning part of that sound bite. There will be a vote very soon. Now that very soon when that came out, because Kellen had this interview on Tuesday, we were thinking, is very soon Thursday? Is it Friday? And then there were some reports, uh, Teddy Greenstein, uh, Chicago Tribune, saying that it would be the weekend at the earliest. Some things had gotten pushed back. I can, um, And Ted Carter actually told 10-11 Thursday that there were some frustrations. Were those frustrations because there was supposed to have been a vote on Thursday or even Wednesday, but things had gotten pushed back? I could see that. Uh, I could see that for sure. Maybe a vote does happen this weekend and we get a little bit more clarification so that next weekend when Cole and I are here, we're able to talk about what the fallout from that is. Now, if we continue along with that soundbite from Carter, he talks about the disinformation, not just from folks online or national media, but from professionals, specifically medical professionals at Penn State that rolled out a study about, I believe it was myocarditis, mm-hmm. and then immediately had to retract it because people came in and were like... Because it was super misleading. It was misleading. There was a lot of false information. So there, and you, when you put that stuff out there, just like anything else that's happened over the last six months, you could say six years, you could go back as far as you want. When you put information out there, especially on the internet... Just because you retract it doesn't mean someone won't turn around and use that information at some point for their own argument. You continue along uh, with the rest of it, and you get to the end. The fight is not over. Nebraska feels like they are ready to play, and they can play. And they've been united from top to bottom. We've talked about that for weeks. Yeah, and and to that point, I mean, yeah, Nebraska's had this in lockstep from day one other universities are starting to get there now like i think ohio state they they were one of the early votes they hadn't been as public about as as nebraska had but they're they're uh they're definitely presenting a united front right now as well uh penn state's head coach is there um you you had rutgers uh i think president was talking about this about oh well you know if i'm if i'm wrong uh, you know, I, 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 if it's if if my vote was because of player safety, I'm going to be okay with that. I don't think I'm wrong about it. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you? It, there's there's definitely pressure. We've talked about pressure for a few weeks now. It's not slowed. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, there's more public pressure. There's more legal pressure. Uh, you're going to see more of your peers start to play now. Not just the group of five teams, but you've got Power Five conferences in the Big 12 and the ACC playing today. At some point today, I'm going to read off every game that's going on today. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that as, for sure because it's definitely, <laughs> hey, it's a college football Saturday even though Nebraska's not playing. It's uh, Okay, that was a lot of scrolling. Maybe I'll just do where at ESPN.com there's like the top 25. <laughs> there's a lot of games going on today. There are. There are six conferences that are playing and five of them, I believe, have games the SEC doesn't start until September 26. <laughs> Sixth, uh, but at any rate, yes, and and also sorry, not sorry if you've heard that sound before because it came from KLIN. But everybody has been talking about it, um, so big ups to us once again. Um, we're going to take a first break here. Uh, like like Caleb said, we were going to have updates throughout our show. 
uh, about Mario Herrera and uh, his his funeral procession uh, as that goes through the city of Lincoln today. Uh, next hour, we will have live coverage of the ceremony uh, at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Uh, but here on the KLI and Husker Hour, we've got more sources talking to more national media. Uh, we'll dig into what they're hearing. Um, we, Like Caleb said, we'll talk about who's playing today. Uh, and Nebraska up the ante again on their plan to safely return. Uh, we'll tell you what that is if you missed it this week as well. That's all coming up here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Stick with us. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Rolling along on a Saturday, Caleb Henry, Cole Stukenholtz. Now, as we've talked about, there is a processional that began a little bit earlier this morning on the way to Pinnacle Bank Arena for LPD investigator Mario Herrera. We heard from Kellen Haviken a little bit earlier. We've got Michael Reed out along that route right now. Michael, thanks for joining us this morning. What what have you been seeing and where are you at this morning? Uh, thanks, Caleb. I'm here at the corner of R and Pinnacle Arena Drive here in the Haymarket, downtown Lincoln. Normally you'd be expecting to see a sea of red down here on a Saturday morning. This morning it was a sea of blue, a sea of brown, and just a lot of support here for investigator Mario Herrera, who of course passed away on September 7th after a couple of week battle after being shot back in August, August 26th. And of course, a very, very somber tone in downtown Lincoln this morning as we did just have video of the funeral procession that went by as the officers and family went towards Pinnacle Bank Arena for the funeral services that are scheduled to begin about 10. Now the public is invited to attend those services uh, here at the Pinnacle Bank Arena. So if you would like to attend or if you're already on your way here, just be careful. There are quite a few street closures in the area to make sure that the traffic flows where it needs to flow. And uh, if you if you aren't able to make it and you would like to see that funeral procession, we did upload a copy of that onto our KLIN Facebook page as well. But yeah, Caleb just uh, finished up with the procession, just a very moving sight, just dozens and dozens and dozens of law enforcement vehicles here from all around the state. Just a, a wonderful sight to see all the support here for Investigator Herrera and his family. Now, Michael, it's my understanding that if folks do come down uh, for the in-person ceremony at Pinnacle Bank Arena, there's a specific area they're supposed to park on the other side of that pedestrian bridge, correct? Yeah, it says, uh, in fact, if you want to go and look at the um, exact notes from the city, you can certainly pull up lincoln.ne.gov. And there are specific instructions um, for Investigator Herrera's funeral. Uh, however, it does say, as you mentioned, there are specific parking spaces available at the Pinnacle Bank Arena Festival lot. You can park at the Pinnacle Bank Arena Festival lot, walk over the pedestrian bridge, and then public entry will be in the northeast corner of the arena. So if you are interested in attending the funeral and showing your support this morning for Investigator Herrera and her, his family, uh, that is where the public is being directed to park is over in the Pinnacle Bank Arena Festival lot and then walk over the pedestrian bridge, enter through the northeast corner of the of the arena. Another note, just like if it was a Husker men's basketball game or a concert at PBA, clear bag policy in effect there as well. Hey, Michael, thanks for your reporting this morning. We'll uh, look forward to talking to you a little bit later today. Thank you, Caleb. Appreciate it. And I, I believe a note, and I thought about this this morning, Cole, and we'll, we'll get into the Husker stuff, of, of course, but this day... 
obviously is different. Yes. There, there, there's, there's a lot of things that make a day like this different. Yesterday was September 11th. This is the end of the, a week where we've been honoring first responders. And it's the, the, the week of the end of watch for LPD's investigator Mario Herrera and what he did. And served in the military, served as a state trooper, and then served his community with the Lincoln Police Department. There, there's not many folks in the short time span that he was on this earth that have done all of those things for their community to continue to serve. Um, and all the stories that we've talked, because for, for a lot of us, we don't know many of the officers on a personal level. Mm. Now, we've gotten to know um, uh, Chief Blymeister, He's the chief of police. He's come in a number of times. We've we've gotten to know a few of the folks. Tom Cassidy, Tom, been a public Tom, yeah, facing figure for a while, for for a long time, and we've gotten to know some of the folks that come in for Crime Stoppers, which will be back on on the air on Wednesdays on LNK Today with Jack and Friends. But yeah. there are so many that we don't know from day to day. But the stories that we've heard over the past few weeks, and especially this week about Investigator Herrera, are just about how good he was as a person, how beautiful he was as a person. And when you look at some of the days, and we talked about it earlier this week, that on his end of watch, that's when all the rain started. That's that's when you felt yeah. the rain earlier this week. And now you get to the end of this week, and he's going to be laid to rest, and I don't think you could have had a more beautiful day in September. The high is supposed to get to maybe 74. Mm-hmm. There's no rain. It's cooled off. There's cloud cover. If you are going to pick a day at the end of a week that's that's been extremely somber, and that's the mood today, of course, but if you're celebrating a very beautiful person and the service and the good that he's done for a community and a state and a country, it's a beautiful day in Lincoln, Nebraska. Sun coming out. I mean, that's, you know, literally and figuratively, yeah. the sun's coming out today. And so, yes, that's uh, very well put, and... Yeah, it's it's been a a rough week. I mean, obviously it's been a rough year, but yeah, with with the September 11th remembering, um, I, I was lucky enough to be at that Rice game, the first game after 9/11 here in Lincoln uh, on a Thursday night, and and that tunnel walk. Obviously, you can find that everywhere on social media as as you can every year. Um, remembering first responders, they have a job that puts themselves in harm's way. Um, it's, it's not something that I could ever see myself doing. Um, I've got family members who have and still do. And I, I thank, I thank them every day. You know, I don't talk to them every day necessarily, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they're there every day. And for people like Mario Herrera, um, in, in our community and communities across the country, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty awesome to have people like that. And, um, such a tragedy for him to uh, to lose his life like that. Um, as uh, as we were saw, talking before the break, um, back to the the KLIN Husker Hour type stuff. Uh, more sources uh, we here on KLIN have had Ted Carter and Ronnie Green uh, on the those record. Are, those sources. are pretty those are pretty good sources, right? Um, you have the Athletics, Nicole Auerbach and Bill Landis. Uh, they had league sources telling them, "quote Restarting competition at the end of October." is not out of the question under the assumption that Big Ten campuses are outfitted with equipment to produce daily tests by the end of September. I know one that will be. And that's a great transition because <laughs> Nebraska is there. 
right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they announced this week that the UNMC partnership that they have, uh, they're going to be able to process 600 tests per day. Great article by, uh, by Tom Chattel of the Omaha World Herald outlining all of this. Yep, yep. it's uh, going to be at the NAPL. Uh, it's partnering with a couple companies, Vivature and Quindell. Uh There's already 1,200 rapid response point-of-care antigen test kits on hand, uh, and there's going to be more coming, uh, and they're going to in- incorporate these into existing protocols by the end of next week. Uh, and then Jared Lambrecht uh, quoted in that same story, we're building our protocol so that it can support two teams on game day. So Nebraska once again, yes, Nebraska once again, putting it out there very clearly that they are prepared to not only play again, but play safely and make sure that anybody who hits that field is negative for COVID uh, and would not be at any risk to you know infect more people and have a big outbreak, which is the whole point of this thing. Nebraska's, again, got a plan and they're making it very clear what it is. Now, the the Pac-12 had come out with a partnership like this before, but they're clearly not looking at a start date for football in 2020. As Brendan Stye said yesterday, because we're still having Brendan come in, it's no longer the tailgate, but we've got our Stye Fridays from 7 to 9. Nebraska has always been an innovator, and Nebraska is going to remain an innovator as the first one in the Big Ten, it was even ahead of the Big 12's announcement. Big 12 came out um, after that and said that they're going to the same thing. So that could theoretically increase the testing that the Big 12 has and continue that safety for them to have. So when you have that point of care or that, 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 that quick return tests and those antigen tests, what does that mean? Obviously, you can do three-plus tests during the week, depending on the, the amount of resources you have. But if it can accommodate two teams on a game day, say it's a 2 o'clock, 2.30 kickoff, well, what happens in the morning? Part of that morning schedule is for every player on both of those teams to get tested. Anyone comes back negative, you do a, a, that you've gone through and you do your contact tracing, say, these guys are good to go, this game is on. You're able to do that on the day of the game. Now I know the NFL with all of their tests they I believe they're testing guys like almost every day during the week mm-hmm. except on game day because they don't want a false negative to keep someone out of a game. Yeah. So a little bit of difference on on what we're hearing could be happening at Nebraska. But that is a step in the right direction. It seems like there are certain milestones that a number of these presidents and chancellors that voted against a fall season across all sports but specifically we're talking football there's a milestone you have to hit. There's a standard you have to hit to turn around their votes to a yes. And that quick response testing is one of those. Yeah. Being able to turn around and get those results. So Nebraska's there. Where's the rest of the Big Ten going to be? I guarantee you Ohio State's working on this. Mm-hmm. I guarantee Iowa's going to be working on this. Where are you, Wisconsin? Northwestern Minnesota? And everyone's going to have to have these even if you don't play until January. So they're going to have to get their butts going to have all of these things in place, not just for a, maybe they start October 10th. If they start January 3rd, you're going to have to have these. So get them in place now. Yeah, you're right. It's not just you need this to be able to play soon. You need this to play anytime. Um, Men's I, basketball season is is expected to start in like November. Yeah. 
You're going to have to have, it's not just football, guys. You're going to have to have this for your other sports that are still planning on going with their seasons, whether it's conference only, whether it's a shortened season. This is for every sport. Yes, and and it's not just for playing earlier now. It's it's for, it's for playing whenever you need to play, whenever you decide that you're going to get back to playing uh, before there's a vaccine. And the UNMC is not just partnering with Nebraska. I mean, UNMC is involved with the Big Ten's committee mm-hmm. on returning to, to, to sports. And so you would think that this is information that is being shared across, uh, you know, to, to the other schools. Maybe even before the announcement was made, this is this was stuff. Nebraska's obviously ahead of the curve, so they were ready to, to put this out there. But there's no reason why UNMC is, you know, unable to say, hey, uh, whatever medical entity that's working with you over at Northwestern, this is what we're doing. This is where to go. Mm-hmm. Have at it. We're all uh, we're all equal revenue shares uh, within this conference. I know you ain't broke. <laughs> go spend your money. <laughs> Um, and, and if you're not going to, if, if, and I don't know this, this is pure speculation, but this is what the national media does about Nebraska anyway. If, if you aren't going to support this, I wonder how much effort like a school like Northwestern is going to put into this. Um, I wonder how much effort, uh, a school like Maryland or, uh, Michigan is going to put into this. Like Jim Harbaugh wants to play, but apparently their leadership doesn't. Well, a couple of those schools, yeah, maybe not football. Maryland basketball is not bad, not not terrible year to year. Michigan, Michigan State basketball is not oh, bad, <laughs> right? They're, they're you're looking at when we look at the broad picture across the conference. Yeah, maybe Wisconsin is kind of out on football, but Wisconsin volleyball would certainly like to play if there's a spring season. I can tell you that. They're going to be a top-five team with everyone that they've brought back. That is a terrific rivalry between Nebraska and Wisconsin that's going on right now, even though it looks like off-brand Walgreens uniforms that Wisconsin volleyball always rolls out, as Jack Mitchell would say. But when when you look at the different sports that are maybe the ones that are performing extremely well across the conference... Maybe football's not it at Illinois or yeah. Northwestern. Basketball, baseball, so some of these others, wrestling for sure across the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. You're going to want these procedures and policies and the testing, all of that in place, everything you can get to make it as safe as possible. And we're just talking about the competition. Mm-hmm. These student-athletes are still practicing. You're still having that contact. They're still on campuses. In, in in Lincoln, if you remove, I believe, the, the, the prisons and you remove the universities, that knocks out about 75% of the positive COVID-19 cases in the county for Lancaster County yep. during this past week or yesterday or whatever that number was. So you still have these young people on campuses. You're going to need that testing regardless of the competitions. Yeah, you are. There, there's no doubt about it, um, and and that's that's something that these other schools are going to have to grapple with. Nebraska's already there. Um, congrats to them. Uh, and and once again, this just a shining example of exactly what to do in this situation, despite what you may be seeing or hearing from your favorite national media source uh, with their sources. Um, we've got more to come. Uh, more updates from 
the uh, procession towards uh, Investigator Herrera's funeral, uh, which we will have full coverage of starting right after we are done at 10 a.m. here on KLIN. Uh, we'll have a couple more updates uh, from our news team that's out and about in the city of Lincoln today. Um, also, still to come, um, are there some games happening today? One there, or two. Is there college football happening today? Uh, not everybody, though. There are some postponements that have happened this week. Uh, we're, we're not out of the woods yet, obviously, and that's part of this discussion. Do we get to pick our, our, our cheering options for the three Power Five conferences that are going? Well, there's only two playing today, but yeah, sure. If the Sporting News wants to tell you to to cheer for like K State or something, they, they they want us to cheer for K State and Missouri. <laughs> yeah, when when the Big Ten comes back, yeah, cheer for Iowa while you're at it. It's like, oh, okay. You don't you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> all right, we do, and we're telling you more about uh, all of that when we come back here. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. 9.38 on your Saturday morning in the capital city. Caleb Henry, Cole Stukenholtz. Uh, once again, we're going to head downtown with uh, with Michael Reed, KLIN News. We're just about 20 or so minutes away from the start of the, the ceremony for investigator Mario Herrera with the Lincoln Police Department. Michael, I know we, we talked a little bit ago that it's kind of a somber mood down there. Paint a picture as you, we get closer to the ceremony. Oh, thanks a lot, Caleb. Yeah, just standing here directly across the street from Pinnacle Bank Arena at the corner of R and Canopy Street. And as somber is about the best word you could use. It's a very dreary morning. There was a little bit of sprinkling going on here as we watched the funeral procession come into Pinnacle Bank Arena. As you mentioned, the funeral for Investigator Herrera is set to begin here in about 20 minutes at 10 a.m. Public is invited to attend. They just ask you to park over in the festival parking and then, of course, come in that northeast corner. Have been a lot of people milling around, just, you know, kind of going by, paying their respects. They do have uh, the vehicle out here with all of the balloons and all the adornments, the decorations and flowers. Just, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's very emotional, Caleb. It, it's, it's a difficult scene. Uh, over the last few weeks, we've heard so many stories, you know, about uh, investigator Herrera and everything he meant to, to this community, of course, to his family and to, to all the lives that he touched. And so it, it's a it's a very difficult day for a lot of people here. And you can just tell the mood is very quiet. A lot of a lot of the officers here kind of just, you know, going up, telling each other hello, sort of giving each other, you know, a pat on the back. And, of course, uh, you know, with social distancing, sometimes things don't get as close as I'm sure some of the emotions would like them to be. However, you can tell that they've come here. There's a, a definitely a mood of sadness, but there's also this feeling of camaraderie that you just you don't get at many other times. And so, although it's very very sad, it's a, it's a very emotional morning. It also feels good to be a to, to be a part of something like this and and to feel the support of all the law enforcement, the public, and so many people coming together here this morning to celebrate the life of Investigator Herrera. As Michael said, we're about 20 minutes away from that live coverage of the ceremony. Thank you for the call, Michael. Thanks, Caleb. All right. So, uh, yeah, and Michael, one of the things that, that Michael brought up there, the social distancing, this would be a day for for the hugs and the embrace. And with the way 2020 is, you're not quite able to get that. Um 
the emotions are going to come up. And, and one of the best things that you can do to help with that is to hold a loved one closer. Um, and I know a lot of us are going to be able to do that. Cole, with your family, my family, uh, we're going to be able to do that. But with the the police department, uh, not just LPD, but the ones that are coming in across the state and across the region, yeah. you have that brotherhood. And uh, former Chief Tom Cassidy was in with us earlier this week, got emotional talking with Kellen Havikin. That brotherhood that they're able to form is something that you're going you want that embrace whether you've been you've known each other for 5 minutes you've served together your family there there's just something about being able to give that hug in an emotional moment that is going to be missed out a little bit on a day like this yeah there's no doubt about it and thankfully now you're able to at least get together like this mm-hmm. i remember some of the stories from earlier in the pandemic where yeah you couldn't you couldn't have a funeral or you all. could only have maybe six people yeah. at a funeral, something like that. Yeah, so it's it's better than it was a few months ago, but it's still just not mm-hmm. what you would want um, for for somebody like that to um, to be able to have the the people that are there uh, to support each other mm-hmm. to not be able to fully do that the way that they really would like to. And we'll get a few more of those details out of, out of our next break from Carla James. She'll give, give us some of those details about what's going to be happening, at, at least in regards to crowd size and, the, and what is going to be allowed at Pinnacle Bank Arena, um, which is, is very important here in, in 2020. As we said, there were times where you couldn't have anyone at a funeral. You could only have a handful of people, and they had to be immediate family. No. Uh, but that's not the case today. There's going to be there are the options for the community of Lincoln and the surrounding areas to come out and show their respect um, for Investigator Mario Herrera. Yeah. Um, also, uh, what we would have been doing in a parallel universe today in Lincoln would be watching Nebraska and uh, playing a college football game, whether it would have been Central Michigan uh, or the rescheduled schedule with Illinois. Uh, there are still college football games today. Hey, I'm telling you, in, in that alternate universe, we were at 11 a.m. kickoff, and you and I aren't even here we're right not even, now. We're, we're, not, we're, we're just, at Memorial Stadium right now. We're a figment of your imagination. You're listening to somebody else. Uh, you could be listening to Greg Sharp and Scott Frost right now in a parallel oh. universe with the pregame. Uh, no, so there are ranked teams that play today. Yes. It's, it's the third week of games. There was, what, one or two that first week, a few more last week. You've got the ACC and the Big 12 kicking off today. The SEC starts two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the, the three of the five power conferences that are playing. At 11 o'clock, Syracuse is at number 18, North Carolina. Also at 11, uh, the Ragin' Cajuns of Louisiana are at Iowa State, who nope. originally was going to have some fans yes. in the stands, and now they are not. Good call. Uh, they're 23rd in the country. Uh, and that's at Jack Dry Stadium. Brock Purdy, darn good quarterback. That's right. Top 10 Notre Dame. They're hosting Duke in their first official in-conference ACC game. They've been loosely partnered with the ACC for the last few years uh, for scheduling purposes. Uh, they're a full-fledged member in the era of COVID, um, so they're going for their, na- their their first conference championship in their their school's history. You brought up a good point last night after we got done with the foot after we got done with the Pius Lincoln High game. When it comes down to the end of the year and you're fighting for a playoff spot. Notre Dame's argument against BYU. <laughs> but did they win a conference? They didn't even win their own conference championship <laughs> game. How dare they? Uh, you got Missouri State at Oklahoma. Hey, how about this throwback? This is a pay-per-view game, Caleb. It's like, isn't it like 59 like bucks? 50, yeah. Jeez. Oklahoma is just taking full advantage of all of those fans 
and they are getting the money. Okay, Longhorn Network. I mean, it's 2020. What's the Big 12 doing? They don't have all their games somewhere. They can't get TV partnership. There's two Power 5 conferences that don't even have games, and you can't put this on regular broadcast? The Sooners are acting like like Major League Baseball in their regional blackouts. I saw that a couple weeks ago that this was a pay-per-view game. I could not believe it. I think the last pay-per-view game for Nebraska was like 2011, 2013, something like that. It was like South Dakota State. 17 to 3, some ugly score like that. I don't know. Football is back, but the idiocy continues. Yeah. Um, your uh, your number one team in the conference, or in the country, actually, Clemson, uh, they're, they are underway today. That's 6 30 tonight. That's against Wake Forest. Uh, Texas plays UTEP. They're 14th in the country. Uh, and then uh, you get to some canceled games or postponed games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only one involving a ranked team for this week is UCF. Uh, they would have been hosting Florida International. That's postponed. Um, there are three Big 12 games that would have happened today um, that are postponed. Louisiana Tech Baylor was actually supposed to be the game on Fox that followed their big noon kickoff show. Uh, Louisiana Tech had a big outbreak of COVID cases after the hurricane. Mm-hmm. They'd only had one positive test before the hurricane. Uh, you had to kind of get people in closer quarters, I guess, to, to hunker down, and so they had 38 cases. Um, so that game got p- postponed. Uh, the game replacing that is K-State-Arkansas State. That's right. That's the big Fox showcase game, K-State-Arkansas State. Uh, Tulsa-Oklahoma State is also uh, delayed, uh, and SMU-TCU um, is, uh, is canceled altogether. Um, so those are at least three of the cancellations. Those are all three in Big 12 country. Yeah. Um, and there's a few more postponements for games next week as well. So it, you're still not out of the woods in terms of, hey, these conferences are playing. They're going to get all these games in. They're not. They're still running mm-hmm. into issues. But it was built in. Yes. No, I think it wasn't like built in to say, yeah, these, these issues, we're going to be able to just push it back. But that's kind of what it was. You were I mean, anticipating having some hiccups with this yeah. and, and knowing that cases were still going to happen and knowing that you might have to move things around schedule. I believe in the Big Ten it was like the Jenga 41 <laughs> schedule or something like that because there was like 41 different options for games to slide back. Yep. Um, so here we would be in week two. For the Big Ten schedule, whether it was the original schedule or it was the the remade schedule, but there were the options built in to that early August announced conference-only schedule that if there was an outbreak or there was some positive tests or the air quality's bad on the West Coast, whatever's going on for these conferences, it was built in to just slide them down to a congruent bye week to Mm -hmm. slide them down to Thanksgiving or the first two weeks of December. It was built in to have spots to move these games, and that's what these other conferences have done. So it's to be expected. You don't want to see it, but this is what... They were ready for it. Yeah, this is what they did to prepare for the possibilities of having to move games, and now we're seeing it work itself out. What is this going to look like in two, three more weeks um, if more games have to get moved or when they do make them up? I want to see, uh, there's, unless somebody got this on video a few weeks ago, I want to see the reaction to some of those people who were working on the Big Ten schedule who put all that work in <laughs> to coordinate bye weeks and, hey, if this doesn't work out, we can move this game down here and this one here. And less than a week later, that vote happens, 11-3, to 3, and they cancel the whole thing. <laughs> like, hey, man, couldn't you have given me a heads up? Maybe we would have waited a little bit before we unveiled all of our hard work or maybe even did any of our hard work when we didn't know it wasn't going to matter at all. 
I could not imagine being on that scheduling committee no. and having that just dropped on your face less than a week later. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's pretty rough. And those um, are probably the same people that got furloughed. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the truth. That's tough. All right, um, we are going to come back. Uh, one more break for us. Uh, again, the funeral ceremony for Investigator Herrera will be right here on KLIN starting at 10 o'clock. Um, so if you're waiting for that, don't go anywhere. Uh, we've got one more segment here of KLIN Husker Hour. That's Caleb Henry. I'm Cole Stukenholz. Back right after this. Talking with current and former Huskers and those who cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Back here to wrap up the show, KLIN Husker Hour. If you missed any of it, of course, you can always head to the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at KLIN Huskers. Our, uh, our whole show was on video for you to see us. Um, every single week there on, on the Facebook page. Joined now, uh, as, as we have been throughout the show, by Kellen Haviken and Michael Reed. Now Carla James. Uh, to bring us a few more details, we're less than 10 minutes from the beginning of that ceremony at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Carla, thanks for joining us this morning. It's very busy, I know, for all of you guys in, in the newsroom. Just give us some of those details on this ceremony coming up here from PBA for Investigator Mario Herrera. And it is a very, very somber day in Lincoln, a very long funeral procession. Looking back at it, I did was able to do a brief count. Um, there were 28 motorcycles. Um, uh, Investigator Herrera was in a glass coach that was pulled by one of the motorcycles. It was very emotional and um, you know, very, very hard and difficult to uh, see. 65 police cruisers were in the funeral procession. As they arrived at the Pinnacle Bank Arena, uh, there are cruisers as far away from New York City in attendance of the funeral service that's going to be getting underway at 10 o'clock. Um, uh, Investigator Herrera's cruiser itself is parked in front of the arena, and it's um, draped with flowers, balloons, and there's even a guitar sitting in uh, front of the cruiser at the arena. Very, very emotional day. Now, for the folks that are attending, I'm, I'm assuming most of them are going to want to have already been there. We're going to have that coverage here. It's also going to be uh, a video live stream. But what what is the scene inside going to look like? How many folks are are allowed to be there at PBA? And obviously, we've talked about the, the parking situation and having to walk across that pedestrian bridge for those that are attending. It's very difficult because that is you, you couldn't get a good view of that area. 7,000 people will be allowed inside of the arena. The floor is specifically arranged for family members and for law enforcement. So um, the public, they will be sitting in the arena seats. Again, as we said, we're, we're about five minutes away or so from the beginning of that ceremony. Carla James. Carla, thanks for, thanks for helping us wrap up this hour on reports on the procession ahead of that ceremony, uh, Funeral for Investigator Herrera. You bet. Thank you. All right, so uh, just a couple minutes left here on on Husker Hour. Thank you to the entire KLIN news team, Kellen Havikin, Michael Reed, Carla James, uh, and we'll have that coverage coming up on a very different Saturday, and it's been a very different KLIN Husker Hour as well. Although busy week um, in all of the the politics that have gone into the Big Ten, the games that are going on today, uh, don't forget as well, 1 o'clock this afternoon, 1994, Nebraska against West Virginia in the kickoff classic. Spoiler alert, Nebraska does really well this season. 
I but, think they might <laughs> this, like their chances. This might be the year, guys. Um, but the, there will be all of that coverage. A live pregame with some of the guys from that team. Greg Sharp's going to talk with them. They will have the game. There will be the live part of the pregame with Tom Osborne. So not looking back, and Greg Sharp talked about this on LNK Today earlier this week. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be Dr. Tom looking back. It's going to be, in his own words, how he felt going into that game. And that's going to be incredible, I believe, a, a live halftime. Because there will be games going on, they'll give you scores, it'll feel like a game day a little bit, yep. and then a, a live post game as well, looking back on all of it. Yeah, and making the best out of a bad situation, I mean, it, obviously this is not what uh, those guys at the network wanted to do. I was there for a couple years, a couple football seasons, and uh, this is what you live for, these these football Saturdays, especially the ones at home. Um, where you get to do all the fun things and, and it's, it's tough not to be able to do those, but really cool to be able to look back on, um, a, an awesome season like 1994 and, and be able to, to live with the guys who were there at the time. Um, since we pre-taped the show last week on the Thursday, <laughs> we missed a couple of news and notes, um, on, uh, Nebraska's football team. Keyshawn Green was an inside linebacker, committed a really highly rated one, mm-hmm. uh, who, uh, entered the transfer portal, uh, on Friday. Also on Friday, Nebraska picked up another commit for the 2021 class, uh, inside linebacker, Makai Gabor, uh, and, uh, or Makai Bayor. Um, he's got a G in front of it. I don't know. GB. A-Y-O-R. I have no idea how to say it, I'll be honest. 6-2-2-20, Irvington, New Jersey. Um, and you lose one inside linebacker in Keyshawn Green. Uh, you pick one up there in Micaiah Gabor. He's the 18th commit of the class. And we do need to mention really quick at the NFL level, Davis Twins both made the rosters. Yeah, Will Compton did too. He's back in the league. Yeah, back over there with Tennessee, busting with the boys and all the good that they're doing there. A couple of practice squad signees as well with Darian Daniels and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, NFL kicking things off Thursday. Go Chiefs. There's got more games Sunday and Monday. It Go feels Bears. like football. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's our show. Uh, R.I.P. Investigator Herrera. Mm. R.I.P. Uncle Pat. Go Big Red.